Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Australian stock market has been rising for the past six months. However, indecision last week causes the market to come to a standstill. And there's still plenty of talk that the market will become bearish or crash in the not-too-distant future. But what is the real outlook for the market and what should you do about it? Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, hit that subscribe button and click the bell on the right of it so you can keep up to date with my latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all your questions. Now, the Australian stock market so far has traded up consecutively for the past six months, which is the second longest period for a sustained rise over the last 10 years. Now, it's important to understand that stock markets do not rise forever, and nor do they fall forever as all trends come to an end. That said, investors like to think that they will go on forever and therefore do not plan for the market to change direction. While a move down on the All Orders Index is inevitable, I don't expect it to start moving down until mid to late July or even into early August, which is in line with the half-year reporting season. Right now we are searching for a new all-time high before falling into that next low, which I will believe will occur sometime in late September or possibly into early October. Investors' lack of understanding of market trends continually causes them to buy at the top and sell at the bottom, when they should be doing the opposite. Given that the market is searching for a high right now, this means investors should be cautious before buying any new stocks for their portfolio. Many investors may be concerned about the speculation of a significant fall in the market, a major crash or correction. But let me say up front that the expected fall later this year is just part of normal market movements. In essence, this is a good thing for investors as the market needs to find support to sustain the next move up into 2020. The Australian stock market opened last week at 6,734 points and only moved slightly higher before closing lower, indicating there is some indecision in the market. Now, this is not uncommon when the stock market nears an all-time high, as investors are often uncertain and to some degree fearful of losing the gains that they've made in the bull run. 
However, if you have the right rules and portfolio management techniques, such as what I teach in my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, you can avoid the down moves so you never need to be fearful again. Right now, there's plenty of good opportunities in the market to take advantage of, but you do need to be selective given that the market is nearing a new all-time high. Last week's top and bottom performers. Well, when looking at the sectors, communication services and healthcare led the way last week, both up around 0.5%. Materials was no surprise as iron ore continued its upward move to now be trading at over 108 US dollars a tonne. Now, I still like these sectors and believe these are the places where opportunities will happen for the wise investor. As for the bottom performers last week, well, utilities was down nearly 4% and industrials just under 2%. The top performing stocks in the ASX 200 last week include Pack Group. That was up 18% after announcing it had refinanced its debt. That said, not all the news from this company was good, so do not get too excited by rushing in to buy this one. Osdrill was up nearly 16% and Resolute Mining over 10%. Property took a hit last week with many of the bottom performers all in this sector. Metcash was down over 18%, followed by Pinnacle Investment down over 13% for the week. So what do I expect in the market? Well, let's get into the charts for the S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and have a look at the stocks you've chosen for me. You gotta love a bull market, don't you? And I know everybody gets excited about bull markets and, and what's happening when we see that because it just creates excitement across um, the media. Everybody dislikes bull markets and I love them because we're also making more money in terms of for our clients and obviously our students are making a lot more money. I've been getting a lot more a uh, lot of emails from our current and past students saying how well the market's been uh, moving and how well they're actually doing and, and they love catching up with us all the time and giving us these success stories. So, But uh, there's a lot of success stories actually on our website. If you haven't seen some of them, just uh, click onto our website and go to where our success stories are and you'll see a lot of our students talking about how they're going and what they've been doing and what they've been achieving. But right now, if you're not making money on the market, something's wrong. It really is really good and I think there's a lot of great stocks out there. And as you can see here from the, the low in December on, on the chart, you can see the low in December, the market's risen to a high of 20, it's risen up 23.64%, closed about 22% uh, up. So that close there we're seeing for the end of June, that close at 6699, it's about 22% roughly for the calendar year, which is a pretty phenomenal rise. As I said, it's been rising for six months. And as you can see, that that's the longest rise in time. Uh, that we've seen going right through here without a pullback. So that's a pullback there. So six months straight up, one, two, three, four months up there, one, two, three, four months up there. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months up here, but this one closed lower. So I do expect that very soon we're going to start to see a pullback on our market because it doesn't generally rise for six months without at least one month down. That's really what you need to look at. Studying in this market, this chart only goes back to 1982, but I do have data back to the early 1900s on the Australian market. So when I do go back and look at all the history of bull, bull markets and bear markets, sideways markets, it does give me an indication of what might happen and how rare something is or how common something is. If you notice how, how something's really common and what happens after it, then you can tr profit from that. But also if you see something that's really, really rare, you also know what to do with it. And that's really why you need to study the market back as far back as you possibly can, otherwise you're not looking after yourself right now. But at this point in time, I do expect our market to continue to move up. 
Um, I do think we'll get, uh, if I go back to the weekly chart, if I just go um, back to the, oh, I can't get to the weekly chart. Here it is. I've got to click on the wrong thing. Uh, wrong one there. There's your weekly chart. We got a bit of indecision last week, as I mentioned. So you can see here it opened and closed a bit lower. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we had a down week this week, but I still do think we got two, three more weeks up after a down week uh, through into July, mid mid to late July, make our all-time high, break the break the previous all-time high, move through that, uh, and then come down and start a bit of a decline into August, September possibly into October. So we might get four to eight weeks down. Uh, that's really what I'm suggesting. Not a big issue. It really isn't a big issue. It's uh, just normal market movements. So just watch what you're buying right now, making sure you're buying stuff on a more medium to longer term uptrend. You're not buying at the peak like the amateurs do. So that's really what I'm saying. So remember, we've got to buy at the bottom, sell at the top, not buy at the top and sell at the bottom. So let's go and have a look at uh, the questions that everybody has for us this week. Uh, now, the first question I got from Matthew, he says, Hi, Dale, I've been watching your videos uh, or your, and your video streams for the past month, and they have been very useful. So thanks very much, Matthew, for that. I'm glad they're useful to you. Um, is, it possible, is it possible for you to look at one of my holdings, Kogan? I bought the stock in February at around uh, $4.30. Thanks. So he bought it in February around $4.30. So let's go and have a bit of a look at this. So we're seeing... The, this is the low here back in November, so December, January, uh, and then then's February. So he bought it in that month, February, around $4.30. Now, I'm not sure why he bought it. He didn't say why he bought it. Um, for a little bit there, he was making some good money. So I'm assuming at this point in time, because it's currently at $4.75, you're a bit worried about how far it's going to fall. And that shows me that you don't have rules around what you're buying and selling. If, you, if you're worried about this stock right now, then I... I would say straight away get some rules. Firstly, number one, a stop loss. Uh, that would, if you have a stop loss, then you don't even need to worry in your whole life if you've got a stop loss on every stock that you own. Let's look at the weekly chart now. Around February here, we can see the move sideways through here. So you've got this sideways-ish move. That's not really bullish. I'm not sure why you bought it at this point in time. Technically, it's not giving me a buy signal here. So I'm assuming you've got some fundamentals on it and thought it would be okay. Obviously, Kogan's been under a pressure, a lot of pressure with Amazon coming into the market, a lot of online, other online retail coming in as well. Um, but at this time, we've had one, two, three, four, four weeks down here. One, two, three, four, five weeks down. Sorry. It does look like it's finding a little bit of support, but right now I need to assume because it is falling away, closing lower, that it, it, it will continue to fall away a little bit lower. But uh, I would suggest put a 15% stop loss on that buy price. So whatever your buy price was, it was a $4.30. Calculate 15% of that. And if it closed on any day below, once you take the 15% off the buy price, if it closed below that, just get out of it uh, because it will probably continue further. At this point in time, if we do get some green bars and start to move up, it would need to get through that high before I change my opinion, I need to get through 6.45 before I'd get too excited about it. But uh, sorry, I don't have better news for you. The next stock, uh, the next stock, the next question we have is from Dasher. He says, hey, mate, can I have your thoughts on FXL and Z1P? I've only got time for one stock, so I'm going to do FXL. I don't, I've done Z1P so many times over the last several months. It's just getting, uh, it's almost getting boring looking at Z1P. So if you want to look at some of my thoughts on Z1P, go and look at some of the live shows that we've done and some of my reports back one or two months ago, because I've done it numbers of times. So I want to look at something new. FXL is the stock that you've got here. Currently, um, basically all I can see is something that's really bearish uh, right through from here. So it's a very bearish stock from October 2013 to that low uh, back here in February this year. Big, big bearish stock. 
flexi group. But let's go on to that weekly chart and just give you a bit of a short-term view. It doesn't look too bad. It's moved up, come down, moved up, come down. It's finding a bit of support. I actually think it's looking okay. Um, I don't suggest it's going to continue to fall. It's a little bit of a different situation than Kogan. Um, it does look like it's starting to move up now and starting to create that nice medium to longer term uptrend. So I do actually don't mind this Flexi Group. It, they've been around a long, long, long time, Flexi Group. I think pretty much everybody's used them at Harvey Normans or whatever else to, you know, pay rent, you know, basically rent equipment that you buy. Flexi Group's been, I think I was using them like 20 years ago. They've been around a hell of a long time. But I think at this point in time, they are looking like they're moving up. If we do get another red bar, one or two red bars and still and keeps moving down, then I'd start to get really, really worried about it. But at this point in time, would I enter today? No, I wouldn't. I'd be sitting back wait, waiting on some confirmation that it's going to start to rise before I do that and looking for some strength. But uh, as I said, I don't mind this one. The next question we got is from Sam Borders. He says, hi, Dale. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for your open and honest thoughts on the stock market and particular stocks. My pleasure, matey. That's what you get from Janine and I. We don't um, colour code things at all or put rose-coloured glasses on when we're looking at stuff. It's basically, this is what we think. And we don't get um, filtered, I suppose, um, anymore. When, we're, when we were on TV all the time, we used to get filtered or people filtering us all the time, which we always hated. We're independent. We're an independent fund manager. We manage clients' funds. We have no stockbrokers, fund managers, or anybody telling us what we can and can't do or how we can do it. All we do is give you our honest opinion on what we think the market and stocks are doing. And what you're doing as a trader, we're mentors. That's what we do. We teach traders. We help traders all the time and we fix things. That's what Janine and I are brilliant at. Some people collect stray dogs. We collect stray traders and help them and sort them out and get them back trading really, really well. Um, Sam goes on to say, I'm 18 years old and looking to get ahead. Fantastic, mate. I don't see too many 18-year-olds um, looking to get ahead and everything else. Most of them are thinking about girls and surfing and cars or whatever else but uh, so thank you well well done uh, it's probably the first thing i'd say to you well done for thinking and looking at getting ahead the earlier start the better and the more the compounding works for you sam goes on to say i've recently come across syra resources and not quite sure if it's a good buy um, if you wouldn't mind could you please share your thoughts and please keep up the insightful youtube video so sam wants to know whether it's a good buy or a could buy. Uh, pretty much that's what it is. When I heard, saw him look at Syro Resources and he said, I've come across it. And generally when people say to me they've come across a stock, it's generally because they've heard about it on a chat forum or some freebie place, you know, where uh, all these people think that their traders are at. So let's bring up Syro Resources on the screen. And you tell me, you look at that straight away. If I looked at those two charts, I could show that to a six-year-old and they would say, this is things going down. You don't need to be um, Einstein to figure out this is not a stock anybody should be in right now. And it's definitely not a stock anybody new to the market should be in. It's bearish, simple. Quite. And will it go bullish? Yeah, probably will one day. But right now it looks CRAP to me. So it would be a good buy if you put your money into it. Not necessarily a good buy. When you're starting out on the market, and you, especially if you're young, do not ever go to low price cheapy stocks like this. Currently, this stock is currently, if I put my pointer on it, we're talking about an 88 cent stock. It's under a dollar. At least it's not one of those really speculative illiquid type stocks that I see a lot of and, and there's a few people bring those up to me every single week so it's good on you looking at something a bit more liquid but again 
Sam, straight away I'd say to you, stick to the top 20 stocks in 18. Start buying top 20 stocks. Get used to the market. Get a feel for it. And that's really what you want to be able to do. So uh, really, uh, that's be my, my honest opinion. Stay away from stocks like this. And stay away from places where people are giving you freebie tips. It's not really a great place. The next question we've got is from a Shane Pereira. He said, hey, Dale, appreciate your insights and just ordered your book. Thanks very much for that, for ordering my book. He said, would love to know your advice on a Dares, Freedom Foods and Challenger Limited. I'm only going to cover a Dares again because it's it's one stock uh, is all I've got time for today. Otherwise, these reports would end up all day long. Um, but let's go and look at a Dares for you and look at this stock. Um, not too bad. It is bearish. It's straight away, I'm looking at this, it's bearish. It's quite volatile. If you look at how this stock ranges from the opening last month, where if I get my pointer on it, uh, it ranged, if I just drag that out, you can see it ranged down 40%, closing down 32%. So that's a real volatile stock in, in my terms or any, anybody's terms, actually. It's a very, very volatile stock. And that's probably why he, it's, it's on the list here for me to look at because he's probably bought it, my guess. Or one or two reasons why people bring these sorts of stocks up to me. One is they own it and they're losing money and they're worried about how much money they're going to lose. But even then, when I say to people, well, you shouldn't be in the stock, they'll still hang on to it because they don't want to lose money. Whereas to me, the best loss that you have is the first time you ever exit a stock at a loss because um, it teaches you a hell of a lot of things. Uh, one is don't do it again. But secondly, to put stop losses on your stock. And that's really what you need to do here. Right now, I don't have any joy for you on this stock. It does look a little bit better in the last week where it's found a bit of support opened here, tried to push up. There's not enough buying in it at the moment to push it higher. So I right now, I wouldn't own this stock. Would I be looking to buy into it? No, I wouldn't be doing either one of those things. And I'd be looking, if I did own the stock, I would be looking at a possible exit on that stock. And that's really uh, the only news that I could show to you, share with you at this point in time. Um, I'm not suggesting it's not going to go up, but that would be giving you a bit of hope. And I'm not sure you're going to get much hope out of this in the next few weeks or few months. So uh, again, sometimes, you know, when uh, when you uh, fell over and you had a cut on your leg or your arm and your mum put a Band-Aid on it when you were young, when it came time to take it off, she didn't do it slowly, she ripped it off. So if you're in a painful situation, the best best choices are always to rip the Band-Aid off faster. And when you're talking about losing money on stocks, it's always better to take the smaller loss than the bigger one that comes later. So it will generally comes later. But right now, I don't think this is a great stock to be in. Um, so let's get into the next one I've got. I think it's from, what was the next question? I'll just bring it up on my screen there. It's from um, Usama Arsed. He said, hi, Dale. appreciate your work that you're putting in and guiding us with your knowledge. My pleasure. Thanks, matey. Um, I'm new to trading and just bought my first ever stock. Congratulations. Well done. It's always, always a nervous time when you buy your first stock. You just, we've got to place that button and you're going, geez, am I really doing the right thing? Have I done all the work I need to do? And, and when you start buying it, you're looking at the market every second minute almost, looking at your phone. So I understand what it's like getting that first stock. But uh, well done. And you bought BLD and he said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, so let's look at uh, BLD. Great stock to buy too, and I really want to say that it's a big stock, highly liquid stock. So I congratulate on you being new to the market and looking at the bigger end of town. All too often, people look at the small end of town thinking there's a lot more value in small telcos or small mining stocks or small biotechs or small technology stocks, thinking that their people are going to make their fortune. But the smart people, and there's an old saying that what the wise man in this does in the start 
the poor man does in the end. So it's it's like that. So smart people do things first so that they can make the money, whereas the other people that aren't so smart do all the other things first and then eventually do what the wise man does. And that's really what that saying is about. But right now, um, I would put you in the, the wise man bracket because you've picked a good stock. It is looking nice. Looking at here, we've seen a couple of months up here on the monthly chart. And my voice is a little bit croaky, isn't it? It was a bit croaky on the live show last week too. Still struggling to get rid of this head cold that I've had for a month. So hopefully you don't have it um, at this point in time. But we had a low down here in March. It's beautiful move up. One, two, three, four, five bars up, two bars down. One, two, three, four bars up, two bars down. Um, if we see a green bar here, I think this thing's going to move up quite nicely and I'll move through that high there where my pointer is, which is get there, 547. Um, what was that one there? 544. So 547. I think we might get a nice green bar this week and start to move up and break through that. So I think you've done well. I think it should move up into that sort of $6, 10 to $7 range over the coming weeks to months. But don't be too worried about it. But the first thing I would do is put a stop loss on it, put a 15% stop loss on your buy price. Get your buy price, calculate 15% of that. Take that 15% off the buy price, and if it closes on any day below that, then you would exit. But as long as you've got that downside covered, let the upside happen. So again, great stock to buy. Well done. Keep up the good work and, and keep studying. That's really what you need to be doing. Uh, the next question we got is from somebody called SP. I'm not sure what your first name is, but SP. He said, could you analyze Spirit Technology, uh, sorry, Spirit Tech Telecom Limited? I think in the current market position relative to other small telcos, it presents value with proven financials and government contracts. Um, not... Uh, how do I say this? I think in the I think in the current market position. Not sure what you mean by that in terms of your question, um, and I'm not really sure how relevant that sort of is. And um, relative to other small telcos, uh, I think really let's have a look at the stock and see what it is. And right now I can see this is a crap stock straight away. It does look terrible. And small telecom stock, it's very illiquid. I wouldn't trade this. I wouldn't trade this with anybody's money, let alone my own. Um, from that point of view, it looks terrible. Um, so looking at the volume, let's go to the weekly chart. Yeah, it's been up in the last couple of months since March. It's made some. It's made a really, really nice run up. But seriously, this stock would be more guessed. That's 225%. That's probably why you're looking at it. Um, it's now only 26 cents. That's not a good sign, indecisive sign. I'm not suggesting it'll go up uh, higher or lower, but you're looking at six, what's that? Six million shares at 23 cents. It's not hugely liquid. It doesn't, yeah, it's not a stock I'd suggest anybody be in. And look, it's pretty terrible. If I go down onto a daily chart, it gets worse. Look at all this, all of these little gaps. Um, it does look worse. And what have we got there? Um, 790,000 shares at 23 cents. Get your calculator out and multiply that. That's not a lot of money going into this on any day. So just because you can buy doesn't mean you can sell. But right now, I wouldn't be have my money anywhere near it. Yeah, you might make money out of it if you go into it. Um, but it'd be more gamble than good, good luck or good management or good process or good strategy. That's really, uh, I don't have anything good to say about it. These sorts of stocks should be stayed. Most people should stay away from them. That's uh, what I've got to say. For those of you, this is the end of my questions for this week. So uh, remember tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Um, here on YouTube, our live show. So we'll be looking at stocks, looking at the market. We've got some pretty interesting um, information. I think we're going to be talking a bit about uh, the difference between stocks and FX trading. Um, what's better? 
what you should be doing. Um, so it should be an exciting show. Janine will be back as well with me. So that's fantastic. But for now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.